Homeland Field Division Podcast. Welcome to Homeland Field Division Podcast, episode 21 of the podcast. Today we are looking at season 4, episode 5. About a Boy, written by Meredith Stein and directed by Charlotte Sealing. My name is Matt Murdoch. I am from homelandfielddivision.wordpress.com. That's your one-stop shop for all things this podcast, including the email, homelandfielddivisionpodcast at gmail.com, or the Twitter, at homelandfield. Feel free to contact me with any of your thoughts about the podcast. Also, if you would take just a moment to leave me a review on iTunes, which is where you can get this podcast, uh, one of the places you can get this podcast. And it helps me get more noticeable amongst all of these other great Homeland podcasts that are out here. And that way, more people will listen to me and the conversation with all of us gets better because I hear more of your thoughts as more of you hear mine. (sighs) That takes care of the podcasting plug. Let's talk about this episode. A couple of big points here uh, that came up in this episode. First of all, let's talk about ISI Girl. We can call her that now definitively. We know she's working for the ISI. It's been confirmed by multiple sources, including the little dweeb that works in the CIA, as well as uh, the fact that she was meeting with that same gentleman that Saul met with. Uh, Lots to think about in terms of that, because that now shows that the ISI, or at least factions of it, are completely co- complicit with this terrorist. And that's scary to think about. And also, they're looking for information on Carrie. That's what she's using this ambassador's husband to do, is to try and find out information about Carrie. Found out that she has a baby that could be used as leverage. Found out that she has uh, a need for medicines that could be used as leverage against her. Um, or at least information. Obviously, I guess this kind of stuff happens with the new station head. You try and find out as much about him as possible. She remembers, she did say that she knew Sandy, and I'm still convinced that she is the person that's been feeding uh, Sandy the terrorist list, but why stop at this guy? Why misdirect for this guy? Why is this particular terrorist still alive, and why are they helping him? Which leads me to the second point. Oh my gosh. Saul has stepped in it now, has he not? I felt like I was asking the question, why is Saul even in this season? And now I guess we know. It's just pure luck that he happens to arrive at the airport at the same time as that Ghazi guy. uh, Gets himself captured by the Ghazi guy after following him around too much, being too nosy. And ends up in the trunk of this terrorist as they head into Taliban territory. And wasn't that just like a gut-wrenching moment that Pharaoh was like so close to that car and they open up the trunk and Saul's right there. Of course, the guards aren't going to do anything. They could care less. But the fact that Pharaoh was so close and Saul was right there, it's just terrible. And that she couldn't get close enough to put the tracker on. Of course, if she had, she'd have seen Saul. Who knows if she'd have freaked out then. Like uh, Quinn pointed out earlier in this episode, she's brand new at it, but she's getting pretty good at it according to everything that we've seen so far. 
and uh, I really like the Farah character. Um, I don't know how believable it is that she comes from being an IT person to being that good at the field stuff. Maybe she's just naturally gifted. But uh, as her and Quinn talk about a little bit this episode, but it's fun. It's fun to have somebody new getting their hands dirty, kind of. I mean, Quinn's still there, but he's naturally in a place where he doesn't blend in real well. So he can't be like as hands-on as we've seen Quinn be in his episodes in season two or even in season three. So it's it's fun to see some of that kind of fun transferred to Farah a little bit, despite the fact that I'm a little hesitant on it being very realistic. Although she hasn't had to do anything like superhero-like. She's, she's been within her limits, I guess. But um, Picking up on who's across the street and all of that real quick and all of that stuff, I guess, is, is believable. But I don't know. It just it feels a little bit too cookie-cutter that she suddenly falls in that way. But that's just a Matt's tomato, as I like to call him, meaning that it doesn't really mean anything. As for Quinn himself... Uh, he's really getting frustrated with Carrie, isn't he? Uh, all throughout this episode, trying to make calls and such. And even Saul's trying to call Carrie. Everybody's trying to call Carrie. Nobody can get a hold of Carrie. But let, let's talk about Quinn first. He didn't... I, I, I was really surprised at how level-headed he was when... I mean, he did basically call Carrie out for messing with Ian, you know, for for basically using sex to recruit him. But she kind of put him in his place about it. And it almost made me feel like, oh, well, they do that all the time then. That's not a big deal. But gosh, isn't that disturbing? You know, I was I was kind of upset. I wanted, again, I, want, I always want to throttle carry about this stuff. But the fact that once she says, this is, I don't have time. This is what I have to do. And Quinn just kind of i mean he's still upset about it but that's because of his own personal feelings right at least that's the sense we all get but on an operational level it doesn't seem like um that big of a deal except for the fact that she missed those calls that didn't allow them to get a a drone on the car and if they'd have just gotten a drone on the car i mean nobody even knows that saul is gone as of yet i would imagine he was in an airport, he can't, you wouldn't expect him to do anything except get on a plane, which means hours of flight. So nobody would even be looking for Saul for hours. <sighs> if Farrah had just gotten a few steps closer and been able to see in that trunk. Oh, man. I don't know. Is Quinn kind of transferring his moral compass to Farrah a little bit? Some of their discussions tend to make me think that neither of them really like all aspects of what they do, although Quinn handles it probably a little more professionally because Farrah is, like I said before, she's new to it. So she's probably not used to all the lying and, and everything within that, that goes on. And that's probably uh, going to be a problem for her in the future, I would imagine. I wonder if all of this is a problem for the ISI. I, I wonder... How far-reaching all of this cooperation with this terrorist is. And what good does this terrorist get out of having Saul? 
Is he going to try and get information out of him? Information that's probably outdated. I don't know that it would be all that great intelligence to torture Saul and get information from him. Maybe so. I don't know. Is it some kind of political play that this terrorist is trying to do? I don't know. But if you're involving the intelligence organization of Pakistan, then there has to be some big end game. And now, obviously, Saul is part of it. Was he a planned part of it from the beginning? Doubtful. What? But what? what cog in the wheel have they found that has a little glitch in it or whatever that they feel like pulling Saul like this can help? Because it's not like Saul can't identify if he is ever to survive, which I guess that's the goal is to make sure that he never survives at the end of this. But he knows Ghazi was working for the ISI or some kind of intelligence agency. He now knows he's been placed in the hands of this terrorist. So he's got all of the information that Carrie really needs. Of course, if Carrie hadn't been busy recruiting Ian, then she might be able to have that intelligence as well. You can't blame Carrie for pursuing the lead. You can definitely blame her for the way she's doing it. You can definitely see that because she only saw her way and no other way, she missed a golden opportunity and she has put a dear friend and mentor in danger. I mean, there's a lot of bad sides to this, but you look at that again, that conversation between Quinn and Carrie and from her end of it, she's making the only play that she knows that she has. It's so frustrating. I actually do want to talk about Carrie some. I guess I'll save it for the end. Uh, Let's move on to this whole little subplot going on with the ambassador and her husband and uh, this CIA guy uh, that's working under Carrie in the office. The only guy that seems to be showing up at the office these days. She's got this whole second operation going, which I, I don't know. I guess that happens. Does that happen? I guess she feels like she can't trust the guys that she's working with. And the more and more we go, which and this is scary to me, but the more and more we go, the more I like this guy who works in the CIA office that kind of befriends the ambassador and the ambassador's husband. Um, I like him more and more, which means probably there's going to be at some point that I'm going to hate him in this series because that's just the way these things go, right? But... I do. I, I'm starting to like him more and more. He's he's smart Alec, but he's smart. Uh he's a straight shooter, from what I can tell. And he, he he I mean, he doesn't pull any punches one way or another. And he seems pretty loyal to the ambassador, you know, to to go and, and run this errand more or less to to get her husband out of this bar because it would hurt her image. And of course, he's dealing with all of this stuff with the ISI, uh, and he gets the lowdown on who she is from this CIA guy. So we get all of this confirmation of who she is and, and how much trouble he's in, and she's basically holding the fact that he got documents from Sandy, 
or got documents for Sandy, I guess, not from Sandy, but for Sandy, from his wife's computer, for Sandy to be able to trade with who I am guessing is this ISI girl uh, in order to get terrorist names. So he's caught kind of on a low rung of of this thing. And it's more or less just to get information on Carrie. I hate the struggle this poor guy goes through because he wasn't going to do it. He was going to back out of it. I don't know what he, how he thought he was going to get out of it, but he was going to back out of it until he overheard that conversation between the CIA guy and his wife, the ambassador, and basically just called him a loser. He overheard it, and then, you know, everything kicks in. I mean, he is a loser. He's a plagiarist and and all of this other stuff. But still, there's just that little moment of empathy that you have for the guy. And then, of course, you see what he does with your little bit of empathy for him, and it kind of goes away after that, right? And I think the big question for me is, why did he start taking documents from his wife's computer for Sandy in the first place? Obviously, they're going through a tough time right now, him and his wife, but that's more than just kind of marital revenge stuff, right? That's got to be, there's got to be something else about that. Does Sandy hold some kind of piece of information over his head initially to get the information to be able to trade? I mean... It's really Sandy's fault if that's the case. His willingness to go through it, of course, makes him complicit and makes him part of treason just as much as Sandy was part of treason. And the fact that Lockhart let all of that go is treasonous as well. But why? Why would this guy steal documents from his wife? For somebody in the office. What what was going on there? Just kind of weird. Something to think about maybe. Maybe we'll get more answers about that in the future. Or maybe we have and I just missed it. But I don't think so. So. Uh, again. Minutia. But stuff I like to dive into. And. Speaking of diving in. Huh, bad. Bad transition. Bad segue. Bad Matt. But. I'm just recording these on the fly, so it's kind of hard for me to come up with great stuff. I don't, if I don't write it out, then I'm pretty much in trouble, as you probably can already tell. I digress. Carrie is diving into her little friend, Ian, quite a bit, isn't she? I hate her methods. I understand them, I guess, based on her point of view, as demonstrated, like I've brought up many times that whole thing with Quinn, the conversation with Quinn. But again, it's Carrie's my way or the highway attitude. And now her friend Saul is in trouble. And on top of that, she's not enjoying this, or at least it doesn't seem that way from the second time her and I enter together. Right. It seems like, uh, she's kind of looking at herself in the mirror and saying, what am I doing here? But that doesn't stop her from, again, trying to increasingly get this trust happening between them. And it pays off in the end. He admits to her that his uncle is still alive. 
in the end. But she uses a whole parallel about Nick Brody. And you you have to kind of, you she finds a way to make it to where it is genuine. Because you just replace the fact that she's an editor and he's a reporter with the fact that she's a CIA person and he's an agent for that whole thing that went down last year. And it's really all kind of true other than that. And the emotion behind it is true. And you see that that is still deeply affecting Carrie quite a bit. And it's the first time we've really heard the baby mentioned a whole lot. And then of course, also we get the picture uh, being taken by the ambassador's husband of her and the baby as well. So can't you see that going badly for Carrie, uh, for her baby, for her sister, for her father, if the ISI has any kind of power at all that they could get in there and, and, and try and influence Carrie in one way or another with that. Um, and if there is a terrorist that's kind of behind all of this too, it's unclear whether the ISI's agent is doing the thing with the ambassador's husband for the terrorist or not. They may be just two total separate ISI operations that she happens to be in charge of, or maybe one of them she's working in a rogue fashion wouldn't be the ambassador's husband when she'd be working the terrorist one in that aspect. But I don't know, man, it's just all such a weird web and back to Carrie, you know, her single mindedness has now got her friend Saul in some serious trouble. I mean, who knows what they're going to do to him and why? And that's, those are the big questions. And, and Carrie, she's going to be telling the same story to some other person. She's trying to recruit next season, except it's going to be about Saul and she's going to use the metaphor of her father or something like that. It just seems like it, it constantly comes back that Carrie's mistakes are just cyclic. And, this whole regret thing that she has about Ian, even though she's playing it to the hilt with him face to face. I don't know, man. I don't know about that regret. And I don't know about the end of this. I got this weird feeling that she has this kind of reverse Stockholm syndrome thing going on all the time. You know, she, she basically, she came on to Brody and then she fell in love with him. Let's hope that same thing doesn't happen with Ian. You know, separate the mission from the from the feelings. Got to be detached. Quinn can't be detached right now. That's pretty obvious. Somebody's got to be detached. Ferris, I don't know. She's too new to be detached. I don't think she knows how to be detached yet. Carrie, you got to find some detachment here. I swear. If you end up falling in love with this guy, I will be mad. I'll stop watching the show. I will. I will. Hear that, writers? I know you're listening. Howard, do not have her fall in love with this guy. Hopefully not. Hopefully the regret is showing us where she's truly at and where she will stay. Because that was really kind of a poignant moment uh, while they were doing their thing that they, they did that with Carrie. The girl is just messed up and her life is about to get a whole lot more messed up 
as all of these uh, cards start to fall from this house of cards that she just made one play on. And it's not to say that it's the wrong play in the long run to, to, to put your cards in IN here, but there could be a, some serious amounts of collateral damage and not just from the aspect of losing lives of people that we care about, like Saul or any of these other people that are trusting her to lead the operations, but emotionally what's going on here, uh, that, that can, that can be just as devastating as well. Quinn is just one tick from going over the edge. Seems like all the time. And if Carrie doesn't write her ship pretty soon, I, I worry she's going to be the same way. Maybe if we find out that she gets wind about Saul and all this stuff, maybe it'll, maybe it'll click her back in into the right place. But who knows what the fallout with Ian might be about after that. So it's, it's all very tense at the moment, emotionally and plot wise and, uh, a really good episode. Again, I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoy hating on characters and finding little things about characters that I hate suddenly liking them a little bit. So doing a good job of doing the whole gray area thing. The show is this year, uh, which I guess they've done almost every year. It's just, it, it seems a little more poignant this year because we don't have as many characters that we know. We got to know the Brody family after all the ambiguity of season one. So season two, we could start to kind of predict their emotional reactions and stuff like that and see the ramifications coming. Now we're, we're scaled back to a, a slightly different group with different circumstances, i.e. Quinn or uh, Farah, And uh, they're kind of like, I won't say loose cannons. That's the wrong way to describe them, but you just don't know what might happen, how they might react to these kind of things. And because Carrie is in this new position too, and, and now a whole lot of weight is about to fall down on her, we, we don't know how she's going to react to it. Can she stay calm enough to, to be the right leader and make the right decisions from here on out? We will have to see. And I suppose that's going to do it for me this week. I know my podcasts are short. I don't want to babble for too long. Like I've said before, I just don't, uh, want to bore you by reiterating the same points as I sometimes do just about different sets of characters. So hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for listening. Once again, Homeland Field Division podcast at gmail.com. If you have any feedback or you can tweet me at Homeland Field, or if you don't want to try and remember all of that, just go to homelandfielddivision.wordpress.com and you can find all of those links there. Please leave me a review on iTunes if you get a chance. It would be very much appreciated. This is Matt Murdick. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. HomelandFieldDivision.wordpress.com